Hey guys, I just wanted to let you guys know before the podcast started that I won't be uploading next week because I will be in an APC meeting. So next week there will be no podcast episodes. I encourage you guys to go back to other podcast episodes that you have maybe not listened to. So I wanted to let you guys know that I will not be uploading next week. But after that, I will upload in the next two weeks. So see you then. And this time, enjoy this week's episode of the Scouting God Podcast. Hey there, fellow scouts and curious minds. Welcome back to the Scouting God Podcast, the ultimate destination for those of us who are eager to explore a wide range of topics and expand our knowledge and horizons. I'm thrilled to have you join me, Caleb, as we embark on another exciting episode into part two of the Sustainability Merit Badge. If you are following, we are currently on page 27 of the Sustainability Merit Badge booklet. So grab your badges and booklets, and let's continue on a journey towards a more sustainable world together. And to all the new listeners joining us, whether you're a scout aiming for the badge, or just someone with a passion for learning about these diverse subjects, I'm so glad that you are here. Be sure to hit that follow button on your preferred podcast platform, so you never miss a fun-filled, enlightened insights and discussions. Oh, and don't forget... Our online campfire is always rolling on Instagram and Facebook at the Scouting God Podcast. Join the conversation, share your thoughts, and connect with like-minded individuals who are just as excited as sustainability as we are. Now, let's get right into the episode. Where does your rainwater come from? Where does it go? Your water may come from a nearby river, a lake, or an underground aquifer, or the source could be a long way from where you live. If it is a surface water source, typically a lake or reservoir, find out where the water flows from, where it's treated, and how it gets from the transport to your house. Also, investigate where water goes after it drains from the kitchen sink, bathroom basins, toilets, showers, or tub, and washing machine. How far does your home's water waste travel by pipe to a treatment plant? Where does that treated wastewater go? Where does the outside of rain off go when watering your yard or washing the car you can usually find this information online at your official city municipal utility district or groundwater district website your source is an underground aquifer find out more about the particular aquifer you draw your water from if you live in a region that is expected drought find out how dry conditions affect your source of water if your water is threatened by un- industrial pollution, saltwater contamination, or commercial agriculture practices, make notes about what you discovered and share them with your counselor. Drought across the world. From 2002 to 2012, Israel experienced a record heat wave and devastating drought. Its freshwater sources dropped by nearly 25%. The crisis caused Israel to take vigorous steps to conserve water. Today, more than half of all water used for agriculture is Israel and is recycled for water. Urban consumption has dropped by 15%. The country is investing in the latest desalinization salt removal technology, turning Mediterranean sea salt water into more than half of the total clean drinking water available in the country. Israel's Water Authority has predicted that the efforts to conserve water could quickly return the country's water supply to sustainable levels. From 2007 to 2012, Britain has endured its worst drought since 1929. In the same five-year period, Thailand was gripped by the worst drought in 20 years. The high temperature also contributed to the thinnest sea ice levels on record in the Arctic, and to an alarming melting of the popular ice cap. Because polar bears hunt prey for from ice flows, sheets of floating ice, which are rapidly disappearing, the bears may become extinct in your lifetime. In the United States, particularly in the Southwest, the Midwest, prolonged drought, deprivation of underground water, and extensive wildfires has damaged vast areas of the nation's main breadbasket. 
These regions produce corn, wheat, and soybeans, not only for our country, but for mo- much of the world. Because of the long and widespread drought in the United States from 2009 to 2013, nearly 80% of the country's corn crops and more than 11% of its soybean crops were harmed. Food prices rose worldwide because of the low yields and record high prices for grains. America's drought of food to shorters and hunger in places around the globe. Concern is growing in the prolonged heat spells and droughts may become increasingly common. As the world populates grows, water may become as more precious and expensive, regardless of where you live. Reducing food waste. As an avid campers and backcountry stewards, scouts have skilled planning meals right down to the exact portion size each member of the troop will need for three squares a day while trekking into the great outdoors. Scouts have prepared but don't want to carry in or out anything more than what is needed. Food in essentially water weight down backpacks. Troop trips are also less expensive when food costs are kept to a minimum and the experience is shared. There are just two Two of many reasons scouts carefully plan their meals and weigh they'll be carrying before each campout. Household food wastes, however, can be another matter entirely. When you have a refrigerator and maybe a freezer and a pantry or cupboard to store food and drinks items that do not get eaten often go to waste. In the United States, more than 65 billion pounds of food is thrown away each year, according to the Environmental Protection Agency. That amount is about $2,020 per year that we average American households simply throws away. Food waste is the single largest component of municipal solid waste that ends up in landfills and incinerators. The more disposable income people in a country have to spend, the more food waste they waste. In industrial-sized countries, such as the United States and the United Kingdom, each individual throws away an average of 200 to 250 pounds of food per year. Compare those to hefty figures with sub-Saharan Africa and south-slash-southwest Asia, where individuals throw away only 13 to 24 pounds of food per year. People are not only tossing away money, but also contributing to the production of methane, a greenhouse gas that is a big concern for the future of the planet. As food breaks down in landfills, also wasted our energy, water, labor, and other costs that go into growing and processing and transporting food from the farmers and factories to customers. Making the best use of household food comes down to learning good management techniques to cut your food bills and food wastes, much as scouts do when camping out. Composting is everyone's responsibility. Compost is organic matter that has been recycled into a natural fertilizer and soil improver. It is a key ingredient in organizing farming. Considering we throw away as much as a third of the food we buy each week, reusing it in compost is a valuable way to give back to the environment and save money. Making composting easier for people to do is a step governments and companies are beginning to take to keep food waste out of landfills. At Portland International Airport in Oregon, the food court has been setting up one of the first public area food collection stations in the country. Folks who buy food at the airport place their food scraps and leftovers, ice, or beverages in separate bins for organic recycling. Some green restaurants in the United States ensure that all the waste that they produce can either be composted or recycled, and that they provide compost and recycling bins instead of trash cans for their customers. The King Country Washington Solid Waste Department is part of the EPA program to reduce household and food waste. 
The country works with families through a local elementary school to measure, reduce, and recycle their food wastes. Families who follow the program's guidelines receive gift certificates to grocery stores. A program in the United Kingdom helped 81 households cut their food bills and food wastes in half. People who took part then served as volunteers to recruit and lend groups to do the same in their own communities. The group trades tips and how to best use household food, right down to the recipes for leftovers. They have produced a simple how-to guide in other communities to follow in their footsteps. In the process, they have learned to save money, recycle, and throw away less food. Tips to reduce food waste. Here are some ways that you can reduce food wastes. Help to prevent the environment and save money. Sit down with a member of your household who does the grocery shopping. Plan family meals for one week, including breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and drinks. Pay attention to portion sizes. How much of each item do you need? Check to see what ingredients you already have. Check the refrigerator temperature. Food needs to be stored between 33.8 degrees and 41 degrees Fahrenheit, or 1 to 5 degrees Celsius. Should keep it fresh for the longest time. Also, check to see that the seals around your refrigerator and freezer doors are tight. When you buy new food from the supermarket, pull out the older food items in your pantry and refrigerate to the front. Put new food towards the back and you'll have a less chance of finding something moldy and green in the back of your food storage areas. By rotating your food in this way, you will also have a better idea of what you need and what you have on hand. Not to throw away fresh food. Freeze over fried fruits to make into smoothies or fruit pies later on. Put wilting vegetables in soup. Pack leftovers for school lunches or add other ingredients to make others' families' meals. Serve small portions of food. People may want second servings when they have cleaned their plates, but starting with small portion helps cuts down on food getting scrapped into a garbage can. Leftovers should be cooled, promptly stored in the fridge, and used another day of the week. If you buy loose fruits and vegetables, instead of those com- that come prepackaged, you can buy precisely the amount you need. The same goes for buying meats and cheeses from the deli section of your grocery, but just what you can eat before it goes bad. If your family buys in bulk meats and vegetables and meats prepared ahead of time for those nights that there's not much going on to cook, that can be frozen in portions that are sized right for a single meal of your household. Some food waste will happen, no matter what you do. If you set up a compost bin, in a few months you'll have a valuable compost for plants. A kitchen composter called the Bakashi pin works for cooked food waste, even fish and meat. You feed it your scraps, sprinkle over a layer of special microbes, and leave it to ferment. House plants and gardens will love this broken down and enriched substance. Creating your own food sources. Growing your food or purchasing fresh fruits and vegetables from local sources when possible has many be- benefits. You have better control over what is used on your food or for fertilizer and pest control, and once a garden is in place for your family can grow a variety of foods that do well in your particular region depending on the seasons. Sustainable gardening. Gardening is a favorite leisure activity in America. In our country, 77 largest cities, there are close to 700 community gardens and 13,000 individual gardening plots, according to a 2008 survey by the Trusted for Public Land. Many community gardens are on urban parklands or lands owned by churches or senior centers. These gardens provide a place for people to come together to work side by side to set, grow food, educate young people, and still pride risk property values and reduce popsicle exposure. For example, the central 
Brain Ridge Street Community Garden in Brooklyn, New York, produces thousands of pounds of vegetables a year. It also is a center of activity for young and old in the large community it serves. A Seattle-Washington urban garden program called Pea Patch began in 1973. The program plants overseas and protects gardens citywide. As a model for the community garden, Pea Patch has grown to 68 community gardens totaling 23 acres, with almost 2,000 plots that are cultivated by 40,000 people at any given time. About 1,900 people can be on a waiting list to get a garden plot. City rooftops have been turned into garden spaces, too. Some of these urban gardens have small ponds with koi fish. Fish droppings enrich the fish pond water with nutrients, which provide natural fertilizer and water for the green garden plants. Each time the pond is cleaned. Residents who live in buildings with rooftop gardens save their vegetables and fruit peelings for a community compost bin. The compost is spread around the plants to make the soil more nutrient-rich. Organic farmers who live in rural areas, many raise cows, pigs, chickens, and other livestock on grazing land to provide consumers with natural meats, free-ranging chicken, and fresh eggs. The The mature the animals make is used to a natural fertilizer to grow organic gardens. Backyard Gardens A background garden can provide much of the fresh produce your family needs in a small plot. Even a container garden grows to 12 to to 15 inches deep. Pots on a sunny apartment balcony can produce generous results. Check in with your country's extension agent to learn more about gardening in your area. Knowing when and what to plant in the season and in your region is important for successful gardening. Factors that limit world food supplies. Producing and delivering enough food to feed the world's people is a serious challenge. Scientists estimate that the world's population could reach 8 billion by 2030. In the 1960s, most countries who were self-sufficient in food production, today only a few grow what they need. During the 60s, high-yield crops and energy-hungry farming practices led to dramatic increases in crop production. Except for parts of Africa, grain yields exceeded population growth in those days. But now, grain production struggles to keep pace at the world's population increases. For most people in the world, grain is a primary source of nutrition. Yet, today, only 183 nations are major grain exporters. Canada and the United States, as many as 1 billion people in the world today, are unnourished and live with hunger. Although it was called Green Revolution, the energy-intensive farming that once fed the world dependent on these practices include heavy use of fossil fuels for fertilizers, pesticides, and irrigation, along with designing plants that can tolerate high levels of fertilizers and pesticides to increase the harvest. In nations that had good farmland, enough water for irrigation, and ready access to fossil fuels and fertilizers. The Green Revolution didn't turn out all that green. In the current sense of the term, the energy-intensive farming led to soil erosion and water pollution and sped up the depletion of groundwater and surface water resources. Other unwanted environmental and public health consequences have arisen from the worldwide use of chemical pesticides and herbicides. Worldwide crop resources centers are now studying how to make large-scale commercial agriculture more sustainable. Limited land and is suitable for agriculture, soil contamination and erosion, dwindling water for 
irrigation, and pollution of water sources all play parts in the world's ability to grow enough food for the present and for the future. Discuss with your counselors some of these factors that limit the availability of food and food production in various regions of the world. How do these factors influence the sustainability of worldwide food supplies? Designing Sustainable Communities Before you sketch out how you would design a sustainable community, you may want to research some of the world's most sustainable cities to help you with your own plan. For example, Reykjanek, Iceland is a city with about 115,000 residents, gets energy for hot water, electricity, and heat entirely from hydropower and geothermic sources. Both sources are free of greenhouse gas emissions and are renewable energy. That is, they are replaced by natural processes. See, achieving geothermal and other energy sources. Some buses and vehicle in Rijvrowek run on hydrogen. Iceland plans to entirely aid end its dependence on fossil fuels by 2050 and become a hydrogen, solar, and wind and geothermal city society. Vancouver, Canada has also embraced renewable energy. City leaders have developed a 100-year plan to become cleaner and greener. Vancouver is already number one in the world by using hydroelectricity energy, which provides 90% of its power. The city also plans to drastically reduce greenhouse gas emissions through investments in solar, wave, and wind energy systems. Portland, Oregon has been a sustainable living model green city for years. Urban planters have set aside 92 thousand acres of green space with 74 miles of bike slash hiking trails and created green spaces with 74 miles of biking slash hiking trails and created an urban growing bounty for to contain the city and protect outlying farms and 25 million acres of frostland. Poland is the first U.S. city to enact a plan to reduce its greenhouse gases emissions and get 100% of its energy from renewable sources. In this health-conscious city, one quarter of the commission's bike to work. More than 50 buildings in Poland exceed the U.S. Green Building Council standards for sustainability. Camp Emerald Bay Scouts Tackle Sustainability Located on the remote west eastern end of the Catalina Island, California Camp Emerald Bay is operated by the BSA Western Los Angeles Council. This is home of the threatened Catalina Island Fox and Catalina California Ground Squirrel, and many federally endangered plants. With less than 16 inches of rain falling per year on this island, water is scarce and there is a high risk of fire. Scouting leaders felt it was essential to protect this island's natural resource, water conservation. In 2009, Camp Emerald Bay began shrinking its environmental footprint. First, it reduced water consumption by replacing high-use water fixtures with lower flow models. Other water-saving methods adopted by Camp Emerald Bay include drip irrigation. Plants receive direct, precise amounts of water. Water is no longer lost to air or to unnecessarily plants with traditional sprinkler systems. Water meters. Water meters measure the amount of water going into a building. The camp's network of meters reveals where and when and how much water is consumed. Some meters where can be read in real time, immediately identifying problems such as running toilets or broken pipes. The real-time monitoring also sends an email alert any time a water use is above a certain threshold. Pressure-assistant toilets. These units need only 1.0 gallons per flush, using air pressure to push water through the bowl. Water useless urinals. While there, these use no water, helping to save thousands of gallons, and the novelty has made them popular with campers.
Water Conservation Results The water conservation efforts have helped Camp Emerald Bay save more than 1.5 million gallons per year, or use 50% less water than was used in 2006. Besides saving water, the challenges have brought the benefits, including improved health of native plant species. With a drip irrigation system delivering precise amounts of water to each plant, native vegetations have flourished. Improved leach fields. All drains in the camp have led to septic tanks, which treat the water and release it into vegetated areas, also known as leach fields. The elimination of salt-based water softens has reduced the salty burn from the septic system and produced better soil in the leach fields. Reproduction and propane usage. Using less water for showering means less propane is required to heat the water. In addition, switching to on-demand water heaters that heat water only when it is needed has cut the consumption of propane and the release of 9.36 metric tons of carbon dioxide each year. Protection of the natural aquifer. Fresh water on the island comes from underground aquifers that currently flows out to sea. If too much water were to be used, that underground river could be diminished enough to reserve the direction of flow, allowing saltwater intrusion. Increased awareness. Most importantly, scouts at Camp Emerald Bay have become more conservation-minded. Conserving water and practicing environmental stewardships are now camp standards. Sustainable housing and green buildings. Along with water conservation, Camp Humboldt Bay has been explored sustainable housing options. The scouts teamed up with an agricultural farm to create its own ecosystem cabin. The structure was built using reclaimed wood from a pier, two old 20-foot shipping containers, a rubber floor, and an aluminum arches to suspend a silicone-coated roof. A small solar panel outside provides power to the eight LED lights inside the structure. Today, the Eco Cabin serves as an education center to demonstrate sustainable designs and principles of outdoor ethics, and it is used in classrooms for mayor beds instructions. Through the effective use of resources, Camp Emerald Bay has constructed various spaces out of recycled material. The Scoutcraft area is built with materials from a pier, dock, floats, and railroad ties. The obstacle course for a leadership recreation course were constructed from the roof of a dining hall. A bridge across an intermittent stream and parts of a garden were built from the pier. Energy conservation. Energy conservation continues beyond the eco cabin. Light lighting replacements. In Candidescent bulbs have been replaced with compact fluorescent lamps, CFL, or LED lights, which use much less electricity. Motion sensor timers have been installed in the bathroom facilities, dining hall, and maintenance yard. Energy smart meters. Monitoring energy consumption in real time has identified where energy is being used and in the peak times for energy consumption. The monitoring system sends an alert when energy uses reaches a certain, certain threshold. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Scouting God podcast. Next week, we'll be continuing going over the sustainability merit badge in part three. Thanks again for listening and happy scouting.